0: Welcome to the Modern Elder Woman podcast. We are here today to start a conversation, to assemble resources, and to build a community. This podcast is for empowered women in midlife and beyond who are preparing for or in the midst of a powerful third age. My name is Amy A. Palmer. I am your host and facilitator for our conversations. All women are welcome here. And we will be highlighting and spotlighting all the women over 45 who are living an untraditional lifestyle, whom I like to call blueprint breakers. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Would love to hear from you, love to hear your feedback, ideas, suggestions, or if you'd like to be part of a future episode, you can reach me via email at at amyapalmer.com. When I first started this podcast, I put out a question to our Facebook group around topics that you all wanted to talk about and hear about. And the issue of aging and caregiving came up numerous times, and it really opened my eyes to how many of my peers were navigating this difficult season um, with giving care for their parents at the same time that they're navigating all the other aspects of their lives. And so I started looking and researching and looking for sources and experts to help us with this topic that would have some wisdom and some tactical actions to take to help us um, as we Move forward in this season. And I found uh, Jeanette Liardi, um, and she was generous enough to agree to speak with us. We're actually breaking this down into two episodes. This week, it's about caring for our parents, and next episode will be about taking care of ourselves in our older age, um, especially those of us who are solo. So I'm, I'm thrilled to bring you uh, Jeanette Liardi. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a social gerontologist, a community educator, writer, editor, public speaker, and aging wellness leader who has a passion for older adult empowerment and finds special Personal fulfillment helping boomers and older generations identify and share their wisdom with others <laughs> well jeanette now you're now you're helping Gen Xers too as we get ready for it so thank you thank you for this um, her decade of experiences as the primary caregiver to both of her parents inspired her encore career goals of changing perceptions about the aging process and helping people appreciate elders inherent dignity, wisdom, and unique value as mentors and catalysts for social change. She accomplishes this through her publications and successful presentations and classes in journaling, spiritual writing, memoir writing, brain fitness, health literacy, age, ageism, intergenerational communication, creativity, and caregiver support to people of all Ages. I am linking to her website in the show notes, but you can find her at JeanetteLiardi.com. Jeanette, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. Liardi is L-E-A-R-D-I.com. So you can uh, reach her through there. Um, She will also mention in our conversation that she has several resources uh, for us. And she shared an extremely valuable list of resources and websites of places to go to get our questions, our detailed questions answered. Um, And I put a, I put it on a document and I linked the document in the show notes. So you'll probably have to go to the episode website to access the link. If you have any challenges accessing it, you can always reach out to me. I'm happy to share it with you. Um, But that link is in the show notes. So sit back and listen to the conversation, but you might want a pen and paper to take some notes because Jeanette is just filled with the wisdom today. Hello there, Jeanette. Nice to see you. Welcome. Hey, Amy. Good to see you too. Thanks for having me. I am so excited about this part one of our two-part series today. I, 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 we, I know we initially, we're going to try to pack it all into one, but we've got so much goodness to talk about. Right. Uh, so, so for today's episode, we're going to talk about being a caregiver for aging parents. Right. And I'd love to really, you know, soak up your experiences and, and your knowledge. Um, for those of us who want to be prepared for the upcoming responsibility, and, and some of us are in it right now, so we're right. either in it or we're about to be in it, um, in terms of taking care of our parents, um, do you have two
1: or three key areas or actions that we can take to prepare? Uh, yeah, actually, there. You know, when you think of the caregiving relationship, there are obviously two people in the caregiving relationship. There's the person you're caring for, and then there's yourself. So there are things to look for to think about and prepare for in terms of your loved one. And then there are things to look for in yourself. So um and I've divided them up into three points for each. So for our for the loved one, let's talk about the person you're caring for or will care for. Uh, I've I've kind of um I talk about it in terms of three H's health, home and hardiness. So let me explain what I mean by that. First, consider your loved one's health. Learn about that person's health conditions and what is required with those conditions. You know the meds that that person is taking or the procedures that person will need to go through. Become familiar with that person's doctors, um, and if you can, you know maybe you could go with your, uh, you know the person you care for to a doctor's appointment um, and be you know an extra pair of eyes and ears during the exam. Um, the doctor should be talking to your loved one, not to you, It's mm-hmm. you know, but you can just listen in. And this way you can also help re you know, check, check the facts with that person afterwards, because, you know, a lot of times doctors give you so much information at once, it's hard to remember. So yeah. you can help your, your parents say, uh, you know, remember, Oh, the doctor said you need to take this med three times a day instead of twice a day, whatever, you know, whatever those mm-hmm. are. So learn about that person's health conditions review, your, your parents' health insurance plans, um, including if they have a long-term care policy. Uh, and also remember, if your parent happens to be a member of the uh, uh, military, you know, VA, the VA also has benefits as well. Mm-hmm. So review their health insurance. What's covered? What are the policy? What are the requirements? That's very important to know. And then also make sure that your parent has advanced directives in place, uh, a living will. Um, that your parents should have a healthcare power of attorney. If that's you, fine. If it's someone else, then, you know, uh, as long as there's a person in place to be making decisions for that person, if your parent can't make his or her decisions, uh, you know, doesn't have the capacity or whatever. So that's the health part to consider. Then there's the home part to consider. Um, What is your parents' current living situation uh, and their wishes? Would they be amenable to down the road if they need to to move to a long-term care community, or are they adamant about wanting to remain in their home? Mm. Uh, because different, you'll have to have different considerations in either of those cases. Um, and uh, uh, and if that person wants to remain living at home, then you need to do a check of that of your parents' uh, home. Is it retrofitted? to age in place. Are the doors wide enough, so let's say to perhaps accommodate a wheelchair? Are the Mm -hmm. doors, do they have doorknobs or door latches? It's much easier to open a latch than to turn a doorknob. Bars in the bathroom, you know, to hold on in the shower or in the toilet. So, and there are specialists, aging in place specialists and builders who can help you make those adjustments if you need to. Um, We can talk a little bit in a little bit about looking for a long-term care um, place as well. And then finally, there's hardiness. Your, you know, what what is your parent's situation in terms of their financial security? What are their assets? Will they have enough to support them in the future? Also, their social community and network. Do they have a bunch of friends that can help um, and uh, you know help out? Uh, what's important to your parent in terms of staying connected? Do they want to be in their neighborhood? you know, to be near, let's say their house of worship or any clubs that they go to and all of that. Um, so, uh, and also uh, does your parent have a durable power of attorney named? Someone who can handle the legal issues. That's different from a healthcare power of attorney. Healthcare power of attorney is only for health decisions. That's the person who's the, who stands in place of your parents. Uh, speaking with doctors and making those decisions, but durable power returning has to do with estate planning and um, paying of the bills and all of that. And finally, in terms of hardiness, what is your parents' sense of purpose? Does your parent have a, what is, what is the main interest? What is their main reason for wanting to be healthy and happy? Mm-hmm. Because those are the needs that still remain necessary to address in the caregiving situation. So if you're caring for someone who is homebound and yet they have a real need to be sharing certain things with lots of other people, well maybe you know you can help them with Zoom or help them with other kinds of ways in which they can stay connected. All of this can be summed up in, in three words, person-centered care. I was a, um, actually I got into being a gerontologist because I was a caregiver to both my parents for 10 years. Yes. And that made me decide because I saw how hard it was to get them person-centered care, care that addresses them as the individuals they were, not care that is convenient to a system, a hospital system or an organization. you know some, uh, some retirement communities uh, say, well we eat breakfast between uh, you know 7:30 and eight. Well, what if your parent likes to eat at 10 in the morning or, or five in the morning? That's not person-centered care when you have to do something according to an institution. So that made me go back to graduate school when I realized that this was so hard to get them person-centered care. Now person-centered care is much more, um, uh, is, is an issue that's much more on the radar screens of people in the aging services. So that's in terms of your loved one, but then you have to think about yourself as a caregiver. And just as I had like three H's for your loved one, there's three W's for you. First is where you live, do you live nearby your parent or are you going to be a long distance caregiver? Because if you're gonna be a long distance caregiver, you're going to need to um, make other kinds of accommodations, uh, enlist other help. You may, re, you know, they may need down the road, some home health uh, or people to actually come and see them every day and help them. Um, and, and also maybe uh, check out who the neighbors are, where they live and see if you can form a, a kind of an A team with uh, for your parents of people who are nearby and uh, and help them that way so where you live is going to make a difference are you going to live nearby are you going to live with them. That's also something to consider as well, what your living arrangements are going to be the the other the next w is work and finances. If you work check out your company's policies on paid leave and flexibility flex time or part time work. Um, it's really hard to maintain a job and be a caregiver, especially if you have a many, yes. putting in many hours of caregiving. So find out what your company's policies are. You know, the Family Medical Leave Act of 1993 guarantees 12 weeks of unpaid, um, you know, time off. Uh, uh, but there may be some companies may actually offer you continued pay. Find out what your company's uh, individual issues and policies are and also your own finances. Could you be able to cover your loved one's expenses? Some of these expenses can be really, you know, um, it costs a lot of money. So find, what are your finances and what can you afford to pay? And then the, the third W is who else might help you? You know, you're going to be the caregiver, let's say, but you don't have to do everything alone. Do you have siblings or adult kids or neighbors or Do your parents have members of their religious community or clubs or friends who can also help you out? And there are actually websites that you can, um, where you can coordinate care, where you can actually have a calendar and somebody will say, oh, I'll bring your parents dinner on this day. And another person might do it another day. You can actually work out schedules and that can help you share some of the responsibility. So those are the things I would say, look, look at your parents' situation and look at your own situation, because that's going to determine a lot of the details about caregiving
0: yeah that you uh, you hit on so many important things to to consider and i definitely uh, several things have jumped out at me but the the need for community and support so that you're not trying to shoulder it all by yourself right is is, is a key point in there right. all right so the the three just to remember the three h's to keep in mind for the person you're caring for, that's health, home, and hardiness. Right. And then the three W's for the caregiver <laughs> is where will you live? What was the second one again? Work and finances. Work and finances and who can help you, right? Right. right. Excellent, excellent. But, uh, so
1: much uh, food for thought and things to think about there. <laughs> so thank you there. <laughs> and before I forget, You know, there are a lot of online websites that are extremely helpful for caregivers Um, and I can uh, provide you with links to some of those organizations and they they're a font of information that give you tips for caregiving and tips for negotiating certain things so. Um, I can supply you with, with those names and, and you can put them. uh, Yeah, that's fabulous. I'll make
0: sure I'll include that in the show notes um, for everybody. And
1: I think it's, it's probably
0: a good idea to, to really prepare yourself before you need it. Right. Right. I mean, right. um, I I think, I think one of the challenges is that we kind of, for whatever reason, we get surprised by it, right? Yeah, when it's a, right. it's an inevitable part of life, but we don't
1: necessarily talk about it soon enough or plan right.
0: for it soon enough.
1: Well, well, you know, for caregivers, caregiving comes upon us in one of two ways. There's the, um, there's the creep, the creeping up of it. You might find yourself right now, maybe you're helping your parent balance a checkbook or pay a bill every once in a while or do the occasional shopping errand. But then you might find yourself doing more and more and more as time goes on. So that's creeping into caregiving. And then the other way is a crisis. You know, you get the phone call in the middle of the night about a broken hip or a a stroke or something. You know, your parent has been rushed to the hospital. So right now is the best time to be having some of these discussions. And I know it's difficult. A lot of times people don't want to have to talk about these things, but the more you can the more conversations you can have with your parents, the better off they will be and you will be. Some parents don't want to talk with their kids about this because they don't want you know, their kids to worry or be a burden mm-hmm. or whatever. But in reality, if you have made some very important decisions with your parents about what they want, what their wishes are, I tell people all the time, uh, talk about hospitalization issues and end of life issues and everything, because you're actually going to help your kids relieve them of a lot of worry and guilt about, did I do the right thing? Or did I do enough? If they know what you want, that helps them a great deal in helping to make decisions and, and taking care of you. So the conversations are extremely important to have, have them as early as possible and as often as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, do you have any suggestions on how- how to broach the subject, like how, how to bring it up and any thoughts on that? I, I mean, you know, people are all so different. So it's hard to, you know, yeah. have a one size fits all uh-huh. approach. I would just kind of play it by ear. A lot of times there are situations that come up that are ripe for having the conversation. For example, right. if you're with a parent, you know, during a holiday time and you're having such a good time at the dinner table and everything, you know, it might be a way of saying, you know, I really enjoy being with you, mom and dad. Uh, um, you know, I, uh, we have a lot more to share in the future. I know that I'm around to help you. And, you know, maybe we can start talking about some ways in which I might be able to help you in the future. You know, I yeah. I don't know that would, yeah. Yeah. I would ease them into it. And, right. if, uh, and if there's a uh, reluctance on their part, I mean, it's really hard to force people into talking about what they don't want to talk about. But sometimes coming from a child is one thing, maybe a friend uh, or a, you know, one of their one of your parents' siblings might broach the subject also. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. there are all kinds good, of variables.
0: Good, good thoughts. I like that. Uh, so, for those who
1: are seeking
0: external support for caregiving, uh, right. um, what are some of the things that
1: uh, we should look for? Okay, the first thing to know to think about is what your own limitations are so that you'll know what kind of help you're going to need, what kind of extra help, because extra help means you plus somebody else. So know what you can do, what you can't do, or what you feel you're not going to be strong enough to do or whatever, so know that those boundaries, and then there are different sources for finding help i'm going to tell you two right now that are extremely good to know about one is called the elder care locator if you google those two words elder care which is one word locator it's a government website and it will help you find local services in your community you type in your zip code uh, or you put in your city and state or whatever and up, up will pop all kinds of you know um, day adult day centers or professionals that do certain tasks. So it's a government website, Elder Care Locator. Another thing to know about is whatever county you're in, your county has something called an Area Agency on Aging. Area Agency on Aging. So if you Google your county's Area Agency on Aging, again they can be the source. To help you walk you through a lot of different things too. They have experts on site that can talk you through Medicare, Medicaid, um, the VA benefits, uh, you know, all kinds of things, as well as local, the, the licensing for local nursing homes and all of that. So those are two places to really keep in mind. There are all kinds of help that you can enlist. There are different levels of help. There are personal care assistants which will come to your parents' home and help them with their grooming, you know, uh, uh, dressing and combing their hair and things like that, uh, and, and do some light housekeeping. So those are personal care assistants. Then the next level up is home health aides. They're able to do medical tasks under the medical supervision of a nurse or a nurse practitioner. So if your parent requires certain medical tasks that are a little more sophisticated, and they're not able to take their own meds, or um, you know, or they require uh, injections or various other kinds of things. Home health aides can help with that. If you're looking to find private places uh, for these, you know, private companies, there are people called certified senior advisors. If you Google that phrase, certified senior advisors. Um, or talk to your area agency on aging and say, I'm looking for a certified senior advisor in my area. They're the ones who can direct you to specific companies and organizations and agencies. Now beware that a lot of times they may get a commission from these places. So you need to be careful as to what how they are paid, how they are recompensed. Do you pay them directly or do they get a, you know, a, a take, a, a part of the take from recommending a certain home health agency, let's say. And then the next level up from that is a geriatric care manager. And a geriatric care manager actually is kind of a substitute for you. They coordinate everything. They coordinate all the care. They uh, schedule the doctor's appointments. Uh, they coordinate with the doctors. They help choose the care other care personnel. They may arrange for long-term care housing. Um, And again, these all of these services can cost money and they can be expensive so that all the more reason to really work out your parents finances as well as your own finances um, for that. In terms of looking for um, facilities communities know that the US Department of Health Center for Medicare and Medicaid services are in charge of the requirements for um various long-term care communities and your state department of health and human services uh is the one that actually does the inspection and the licensing of these places so those you know go to your u.s department of health center for medicare and medicaid services go to your state department of health it's it, it, different states call them different things one might be you know state department of health or it might be state department of human services or it might be state department of aging but uh, again, the Area Agency on Aging uh, and Elder Care Locator will help you with those. So, those are, those are different levels of care to look for.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And thank you for, for all those resources. That's yeah.
1: extremely helpful. Great. Um,
0: so, for those who are in the role of caregiver, what are some ways to manage the stress and the emotional toll that this responsibility? can take?
1: Right, right. The first thing I can say, as I said, I was a caregiver for both my parents, both simultaneously and sequentially over a decade. It can take a toll, but I've got to say, know that what you're doing is incredibly noble work. So it's it's it can be a real uh, rewarding um, role to assume because you are actually ensuring the quality of life of someone you love. So Mm-hmm. there you know there are challenges for sure there are lots of pressures but it can be not only incredibly rewarding i mean personally it gave me my encore career because it made me want to be a gerontologist you know now not everybody's going to respond that way but it can help you also clarify your own feelings about your own life having had this kind of experience so there are real positives about being a caregiver that being said there are three there are three stages that caregivers may go through. Now I'm gonna describe three stages, none of which you may ever experience depending on your own circumstance, but it, they are possibilities. So it's good to be aware of them. So the first is caregiver stress. And that's the natural result of of just the, the ongoing, you know, uh, um, anxiety about, am I doing the right thing? And what do I have to do next? And how will I get this done? And that can result in some physical and mental health problems, such as lack of concentration. You might uh, be more sleep deprived. I was sleep deprived for a long time. Um, your eating habits may change. You might become a little more forgetful. Um, you might experience more frustration, indigestion. You know, your body, your body responds to stress in, in idiosyncratic ways. So you might experience some health problems. Your blood pressure may have higher blood pressure if you feel that your health is starting to change you need to take care of yourself right away go have yourself checked out by a doctor go to your doctor um talk to your doctor. explain to your doctor that you're a caregiver because doctors understand that what that can do so that's the first level it's just your basic caregiver stress and i would say that that's natural to go through if you're doing this for a long time or you've met a you've come upon some really much more serious problems, you might begin to suffer from the next level, which is burnout. And that's a change in your attitude toward caregiving itself. You may no longer feel effective as a caregiver. You may start to become depressed or feel cynical about it. You might start to withdraw from family or friends or become a little more apathetic. You might resort to unhealthier habits. Um, Again, if you feel you having any of these um, uh, symptoms, get checked out right away. The sooner you can take care of yourself, the better. And then the third level, the more extreme level, level is something called compassion fatigue. And that is not only you You not only have a change of attitude toward caregiving, but now you have a change of attitude toward the person you're caring for. And you may right. have less, less compassion for that person. You might become more angry or impatient. And no, no caregiver wants to get to that point at any point. Um, so again, at any stage, seek help right away. You don't have to do this alone. Um, here's something that that a cardiologist actually told me years ago, and I find this incredibly important. Um, when your heart pumps out blood, you know it, it feeds the the heart. Uh, you know gets your blood gets oxygenated with your lungs. It goes back to your heart, and then your heart pumps out the blood to the rest of your body. The first organ that your heart feeds is not your lungs. It's not your brain, it's not anything else in your body, it's the heart itself. The first blood that leaves the heart goes to the arteries that go right around the heart. The heart takes care of itself before it takes care of the rest of the body. That's the metaphor for caregiving. Take care of yourself um, in the process of taking care of someone else because if your batteries run out, you're not gonna be any good to the person you're caring for. So always keep yourself in mind and do not think it's selfish to, to take care of yourself. It's actually part of, of the um, responsibility of a caregiver to take care of yourself. So this is what I would suggest. Again, don't try to do everything, ask for help, ask and be specific. When I was a caregiver, friends would say to me, I wanna help you, but I don't really know what to do. I would say, hey, can you go pick up my mail? Um, if you have a pet, can, you can ask a friend to walk your dog, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or stop by and pick up some groceries for your parent or whatever, be specific because people may want to help, but they have no clue as to what you need. Right. So, And don't try to do everything yourself. Take breaks if you can, get respite help. There's actually um, a a National Family Caregiver Support Program, which your Area Agency on Aging will know about, that can provide you with respite help, where somebody can come and sit with, be with your loved one and give you a couple of hours off, maybe, uh, whatever. Or again, if you have siblings or or adult children or whoever, maybe give you a a couple of days off. Um, When I was a caregiver, uh, uh, it was only me and my brother. I lived nearby, my brother lived far away, but he would come in occasionally and spend a weekend with my parents. And then I could just take the weekend off and just recharge my batteries. So take breaks, that's very important. And then stay connected to your own friends uh, and others. So even if you're really very occupied with your parents, um, maybe you can have a schedule with a with a close friend. You know, a, a weekly check in call or a, or a daily check in. How you doing? What's going on today? Just some way to stay connected to the people around you. So that's what I would recommend for taking care of yourself and reducing the stress.
0: Those are those are great suggestions for how they can find some relief during during that time. So thank you for that. Sure. Uh, Are there any resources that we can consider if we face financial constraints when we're looking at care options?
1: Um, There are some, um, again, I'm gonna say elder care locator and and area agency on aging, check them out, ask them about this stuff. But some long-term care insurance policies, again, check out your parents' long, if they have a long-term care insurance policy. Some policies allow payment to family caregivers, but restrictions may apply. For example, you may they might pay if you do not live with your parents. If you live in the mm-hmm. same house, then maybe they will not pay for that. Check again. Check out the Veterans uh, Administration if your parent is a veteran. Some programs may be helpful to caregivers. Medicaid has a self-directed care program in some states, and so if your parents are on Medicaid, they may be able to provide you with some relief. And then the IRS offers some tax credits for family caregivers to claim their Care recipients as their um, dependents. So, those are some possibilities. Um, unfortunately, we do not have national long term care uh, and we mm-hmm. do not have national payment for family caregivers. Hopefully, someday we will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I and personally, yeah, I found that to be quite a strain as well um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because uh, I had to, uh, there was a time in which I, I couldn't go to work at all because my parents required me there full time. And, um, so that was a financial constraint as well. Right. Right. Well,
0: this conversation has been so hugely informative for me. (laughs) And and I know it will be for my listeners as well. So thank you. Is there anything else that you feel is important to know on this topic?
1: Yeah, I want to, I want to bring up one more point that at some point your caregiving is going to end now. At some, it might be happily end as your loved one gets better from some temporary setback. You know, your parent breaks a hip and then your parent gets physical therapy and that person is back and, and everything is fine. But for many others, it will end with their loved one's death. So there's there's no one right way to grieve. Grieving is highly personal. Um, and in in my case, my parents. Neither of my parents died suddenly. They they dwindled over time, so I experienced what's called anticipatory grief. I was grieving them bef- long before they actually were gone. Nice. Uh, so there is that. So you might want to consider uh, joining a grief support group um, if you're if you uh, uh, if your parents are involved with hospice care. Some hospices offer grief support groups to the caregivers of people who have been in hospice, give yourself time and space to recover. There's no clock that other people should should demand of you. You need to take the time and space you need in order to um, to recover. Uh, rethink your relationships with others and your life goals. Uh, I've got to tell you in all honesty, I lost some friends during my caregiving time because they just weren't around for me. Others right. stu- stood by me and those were the people, you know, Caregiving can separate the wheat from the chaff very easily. And so I knew who was with me in the long run and who wasn't. So I just um, rethought my relationships with the people. Who who did I want to remain in touch with and who was it was okay to let go? Um, and my life goals, as I said, me personally, I got a whole new set of life goals. whole out. new career, right? <laughs> whole new career. But, you, you know, it might help you to rethink your life goals as well. If you decide you return, want to return to work for whatever reason, and if it's not the same job, but you're applying for a different job, refer to your caregiving time as an asset on your resume. A lot of people may think, oh, I've been away for so long, nobody's going to want to hire me. Think of all the jobs you have done as a caregiver. You've been probably been an accountant, a nurse, a, um, a social worker, a, you know, an organizer, and use, use your time as a caregiver as an asset and explain to your potential employer why those skills can make you invaluable in your workplace. So caregiving, I believe, really is is an asset. It it helps develop lots of strengths in us. And I gotta tell you, I I didn't realize how strong I could be until I was a caregiver. I didn't realize that, uh, wow, what did I go through? I didn't think I could ever go through something like this. And I did. So you might be, pleasantly surprised as to the skills you discover in yourself after having been a caregiver. So, um, so know that grief is the last stage, but the grieving itself can be just very uh, enriching and um, informative in your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you, Jeanette. I mean, the, the way that you, the way that you have sort of reframed the experience and you know your perspective and sharing your own experiences and all that you've learned. I mean, it's it's so beneficial uh, for others and and having such an impact. So I'm happy you found your next career because we're all benefiting <laughs> from it.
1: <laughs> well, that's. I uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And like I said, I'm going to give you connect uh, uh, the URLs, the websites. There are some incredible caregiving organizations that have all kinds of materials. Uh, handouts that you can read and tips to go over and that can really help you through. So, Excellent. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great talking with you. You're welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Modern Elder Woman podcast, Being a Caregiver for Aging Parents. A special shout out and thanks to Jeanette Liardi, this week's guest. And thank you for the valuable list of resources that you shared with us. Again, I am linking those in the show notes. And to the listeners, special shout out and thank you to you for sharing this with any friends or relatives that you think would benefit from listening to today's episode. And please, if you've been enjoying this series, I humbly ask you to go in and rate and review the podcast. We have a very, very small handful of reviews thus far, and we need to build it up and get the word out so that we can um, expand on our community. Thank you and have a great week breaking those blueprints. Mm